Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I have one of my favorite humans on today to tell you about an amazing product that we both love. Why, thank you, honey. This is Milkman Mark Hyman here telling you about the Almond Cow, which I saw on those Instagram posts, and I thought, we've got to have one of these and see whether it is actually as good as it looks. And it is. It's actually even better because there are things that you can make out of it. Almond milk, oat milk. Cashew milk. Uh, coconut milk. Anything you want, you can make in this. And what's great is you have, there are fewer preservatives, less sugar, and then what you get left over at the end is this pulp that you can make into, can make cookies or muffins, so nothing goes to waste. And it's there any time, so if you run out of milk, you don't have to run to the store. It is so amazing. We love it, love it, love it. So if you want to get your own, check out the link and use code LARA for extra savings. Approved by the Milkman. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A where you all ask the questions and we answer. I am joined as always by Kristen Williams, physical therapist, amazing friend, superstar, extraordinaire. I love it. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to Q&A. We're going to go ahead and get this kicked off with an email that was sent to us from one of our fellow Lit Level 1 teachers, Alina. So Lena says, hi, Laura. Hi, Kristen. A friend of mine recently got diagnosed with slack wrist. And so slack stands for scaphoid lunate advanced collapse. She is devastated as the doctor basically told her there is no fix Pain will get worse over time, and she will need surgery at some point, which will severely limit the range of motion of her wrist. Is there anything from your experience that can help, or are prospects really that bleak with this diagnosis? Looking forward to hear your thoughts on this. Also want to take this opportunity to thank you for your wonderful podcast and Lit Daily. Oh, thank you, Lena. Thank you. So, yeah, you know, this is something, I mean, wrist wrist uh, issues are tough, especially if for, for yogis, you know, because I mean, how much of our practice are we weight bearing through the wrist? And while I have never personally worked with someone with a slack wrist, I have had a lot of clients, a lot of patients who have had fractures in this area, falling on an outstretched hand, um, who have suffered from, you know, suffer from an advanced arthritic issue like this. And 
you know, it sounds like she was just diagnosed, right, Laura? She said she just found out and the guy said it could, if there's no fix, it's just going to get worse, which yes, this is a progressive disease. Um, so we know that to be true, but I really hate to have this gloom and doom feeling about it because as with anything, any type of arthritic change can be slowed. I believe, I think it can be the, the symptoms can be improved as well. You know, we really need to look into perhaps why Lena, what, you know, what your friend is doing that might be either, I don't want to say causing this, because I'm sure there's some genetic predisposition involved, but I would really love to look at her um, range of motion of her wrists. You know, look and see what is she doing throughout her day. We, I feel like we talk about this a lot, but it really does apply to everybody. If she is a yogi, you know, what changes can we make to her practice to both decrease the strain through this joint and put it somewhere else? You know, is she weak more proximally? Um, does she have stuff going on in the neck that is, you know, affecting the strength? Because that is one of the uh, symptoms of this, you know, a slack wrist. Eventually you're going to get weakness in the hand. Yes, you may need surgery. Yes, you um, will see progressive range of motion loss, but so much help can be had and done by really mobilizing those stiff areas and looking away from the wrist. You know, why, why is she developing this? Is it on one side versus the other? Is the other side really weak? Is she putting, is she relying too much on that wrist? That's usually when someone comes to me with arthritis, yeah, I'll look at that area, but I really start to look everywhere else because I'm like, why is this part of the body taking the brunt? Because um, unless it's an autoimmune disease where there's really kind of no specific um, mechanical cause for it, with traditional arthritic degeneration, I think you can almost always draw back and find, look back and find a biomechanical strength deficient reason somewhere in the body for why her specifically that, you know, radiocarpal area, you know, so this, the scaphoid and the lunate are closer to the thumb side of the wrist. And so, you know, that is where she is breaking down, you know, so what, why, you know, I, and this is, it's tough because, you know, you, Lena probably haven't asked her this, but I do know you're a lit level one practitioner and we teach these lovely people a lot about how to look at the body more, um, uh, just more deeply, more broadly, more from a, from a thought process of, uh, function and uh, biomechanics, you know, best posture, optimal posture, you know, can you look at your friend and really help her figure out what she's doing throughout the day that might be bothering us? What can she do throughout the day to minimize pain? Does she need to be stretching? Does she need to be mobilizing? Does she need to be strengthening her scapula, her core? What is her head doing? You know, so there's, Laura, I'm going to pass it to you because I know you probably have so many great other things to say about what we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, I, I echo everything. And I think the thing is, especially with a diet, like, like as we know, 
we totally support the medical model and the diagnosis can be extremely helpful. They can also be harmful. And so I would look at this as information gathering and it isn't like a end, like this is your last, <laughs> this is your last right, right? Like you, this is information that's that one, you know, you might, you, you've gotten. And you just have to think about, there's so many ingredients and Kristen, you, you've, I mean, you already named so many, but there's so many ingredients that go into creating an imbalance, a mechanical issue, a nervous system issue, et cetera, that, that leads to pain, inflammation, um, decreased function. There's, so it's, it's not point, do this, and this will happen. I think in addition to looking at everything you're doing, you have to look at like how you, what are you eating, um, is this a systemic kind of inflammation that is attacking the, or kind of focused on this one area? Um, is it a repetitive? Like, is that your thumbitis side of scrolling? You know, all of it. You have to look at every habit, and, and that includes what you put in, uh, what you bring into your life, what your stress is, every single thing. Because what, we're, what we get is a glimpse into our ecosystem when we have pain in a specific area. And it might be that it is this, you know, um, degenerative bony thing, mechanical, but it might be that that is just the kind of what is the sounding board right now. So all the stuff you said biomechanically absolutely work proximally. Um, I kept thinking of like, I feel like it was the what, the dragon, how to tame a dragon. And, and I think the little guy, I forgot his name, but it's not, Maybe his thumb was cut off or something, and he ends up getting this. I imagine, like, I've, I've, I've helped people with uh, scaphoid issues and, and, and doing some kind of taping. Um, I don't know if it was his thumb or something, but that came to mind. Just something that gives you more, um, this kind of harnesses a little bit of stability and comfort so that you can continue to do the things. Because, you know, when, when you stop doing stuff, it can make things even worse, right? But you don't want to make you don't want to do things that are painful. So, hopefully, you're getting some taping, and Lena, maybe you can help her with finding some taping around the area of the radiocarpal around the scaphoid that can give it more of a sense of stability. So there's not any kind of compressive or shearing elements. But I just would look at this as um, something like, hmm, okay, this is possibly. Uh, the kind of diagnosis, and and then there's some things I can do. But look at the other ingredients that could lead to this diagnosis that um, not everybody will look at um, because it does matter. Yeah. I think it's so funny that you brought up the the How taping. Um, uh, um, yeah. Well, yeah. because literally on my time hop, I j just right before Christmas, I had a time time hops like this thing that sends you you know pictures from years ago. And my son, Ben, in might have been freshman year basketball, was backpedaling and fell and he broke his scaphoid. And it was we were just getting ready to leave. And he, um, luckily, the doc got us right in and he had a cast where it was he was casted on his thumb. And I was like, yes, because it meant, I thought for sure he would not be able to play Xbox <laughs> because he, he's, he's going like, crazy. Right. My thumb. Yeah. And yeah. so you see, there's a picture of him like this the one day and I'm, yeah. and I'm like, ha ha ha, yay. And then yeah. the next day we're at my parents and you see him, he's like, figured out a way. Do it. To yeah. like, 
<laughs> play that Xbox. And I was like, good Lord, these, you know, I mean, yeah. humans are adaptable. Let's put it that way. We will figure out a way to make it work. <laughs> and he's fine. Right. Yeah. So he's yeah. totally fine now, but tape it up like, or whatever, but that kind of, yeah. Cause that can at least stabilize the more proximal part of it. And yeah. Um, yeah. Get back to us. But I think just dive deep in and, and, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to get a get different di- like go to different people if possible. Um, don't be satisfied with just a diagnosis unless it's from somebody you really trust and they really did a deep dive and they did all these different things um, because it's just it can really impact. It, it can impact people so much when they're when they're with when they have a diagnosis and it's like it's only going to get worse. You know, good luck with that. It's like ah, that's and I hate that because it does. I know. It feels it's like a terrible, death and it really, it really like does. you said, it's just information. It's like and it's, it's a, the mm-hmm. it should be your wake up call. You're like oh yeah, okay. What do I do? What changes can I make to really, you know, make a, a positive impact on my life? Yeah, um, I had somebody who just on that note, just as another example, I had someone who wrote me. Um, and said, you know, she was just grateful that I had encouraged movement in some plyo that she had gone to a doctor. And because she had some osteopenia, the doctor said, you should never run, jump, uh, squat with weights. And I was like, what? I mean, you know, and she said I didn't for like four years. And I oh. feel like it got worse. And, you know, um, it's just like we have we it's it's like a balancing act we have a very strong and resilient body but we also have to move it with good you know mechanics to be to continue to have it be strong and resilient for many years so um anyway onward to the next question yeah we actually got got another one about the wrist so we might as well piggyback also came in through our um support at lityoga.com email from Ewelina stolars she says, I have a question for the Q&A in the podcast. I have a problem which started a year ago. For about two weeks, I had strong pain in the upper arm, could not elevate my hand fully because of the pain and had pins and needles, slight numbness in the thumb and index finger. In the time, the pain almost disappeared, but took about six to over time. The pain almost disappeared, took about six to eight months, but the feeling in the thumb and index is limited. I had an MRI, carpal tunnel syndrome was ruled out. I was told I have a bulging disc in the cervical spine, which pushes on the median nerve. I was sent to an osteopath and after five sessions, no improvement. Out of desperation, I also had acupuncture acupuncture sessions with no improvement. I was sent to physio, was told to strengthen the muscles around the scapula, working on it for a few months, and also now discovered lit. But the numbness in the thumb and index finger remains. Any ideas what might help? Thank you for considering for the Q&A podcast. Hmm. You want to start with that one? Sure. Well, first of all, what I'll say is um, amazing that it's just kind of, uh, you know, retracted back to just the, the thumb and the second finger. Um, it's going to continue to, uh, you know, come back. It's like a, you know, it goes, it's like a wave. It goes out and then it's going to pull back from there. So the first thing I want to say is don't give up on anything after a certain number of times. I know you're giving us information. I so appreciate that. But like you, when you have had something that has developed, it's developed over time. It's developed where that disc has 
protruded enough or pushed or bulged or whatever, or the structure of your cervical spine is such that um, some of the nerves are getting compressed on their way out. Who knows? But that has taken a bit to get there. And so it will take a bit to get back. And, you know, it's, it's like a little unnerving, so to speak, to have that, but it's not terrible. Like, it's just something, just keep thinking, okay, this isn't the issue. I got to go up to the neck. Now, nerves, by the way, when they come out and then continue to go down, a along that pathway, they're, they're surrounded by connective tissue. And that connective tissue can also get um, kind of like, like saran wrapped around the nerve. So it might not even be up all the way in the cervical spine. It could be farther down. And that, so you have to look at the position of the skull, the mobility of the neck, and then also the chest wall. I would really like, you know, and that's the thing again with an, anybody that's working with you, it's probably not going to happen in like three sessions. A lot of it is going to be on you to do this stuff like doorway stretch, you know, doorway stretch with a rotation of your spine or a lateral flexion. Just, you know, be a little bit, it, I don't want to say cautious, just but be very aware of your alignment. When you're moving your neck, keep the cervical spine really stacked in a neutral position. But I would start going into the chest for sure because I what I'm thinking of is, is it still remains and you've been doing lid and stuff, is that it's there's probably some um, kind of cohesiveness of the fascia on the nerve that is still sin making it like having some nervy things, but it's more nummy than pain. So that's good. Um, so just doing some fascial openings there. You can use your own fingers. I do this all the time. Just come around here on the neck, just real gentle. All you're trying to do is just kind of press on there so that it's not just welded to the nerves or um, to the connection of bone to bone or wherever that fascia might be. That, that would be my main thing. And like all the things we do, one shoulder at a time, I'll like really mobilize the scapula because the scapula is on the back, but on the undersurface connects to the front. So, you know, when we're moving that, we're also influencing the front and we're influencing the, that, that, um, nerve bundle, vascular bundle that comes out from the, uh, the skull down this cervical spine and then out all that thoracic outlet and, and the brachial plexus area. That's what I would say, but keep obviously triple S can't say that enough. Just know that make a marker today and then just be curious every day, but think, what am I doing to make it? Like something can't be done to you really. In other words, somebody, I could come and work with you, but it's what you're doing all the other time, the other rest of the time that's gonna really make a difference in the position of your skull, the mobility there, the fascial kind of uh, malleability around the nerves. Yeah, no, I love all that. And I would say, if you're listening and are curious, you know, um, go to our YouTube channel and kind of watch what Lara was doing with her hands. Cause you know, you you were very demonstrative of kind of yep. what you do. And, and if we're listening, we can't imagine that, but it, it will give very great, you know, great visual feedback. Cause I agree with you completely, Lara. You know, I talk about this a lot. I call them birds on a wire, you know, where we, mm -hmm. our nerves are wires and we know that you have a, a disc herniation. So that's one bird that's sitting on that wire. Apparently from your MRI, you don't have a bird sitting on the wire at the wrist. So there's no quote unquote, there's you know no carpal tunnel. So where might you be entrapped? Like you said, so work that soft tissue. 
you can try some nerve glides. I'm, I'm hopeful that your, you know, your physio gave you some of the, you know, median nerve glides where you're just bending and straightening the elbow, you know, flexing and extending the wrist, you know, playing around with, with that. I love your posture. The opening of the chest is so important. Um, you know, soft tissue work, you know, some body work to, you know, like you said, mm -hmm. with, with yourself or someone else doing that, looking down around, you know, the, the, the elbow, you know, how are, you know, what are you doing throughout the day? Because it is good that you, she's not having pain anymore. You know, she's, yeah. she only has that numbness and tingling or that weird sensation, which is maddening for sure. <laughs> but that does show that it is that centralization is occurring. You know, your, your symptoms are decreasing, but you have this one little nagging thing. And that can take, just to give you perspective, you know, nerves take a long time to heal. So let's say what all you've been doing has taken the pressure off the nerve. Well, you know, now it may just need to heal. So you can facilitate that healing with all the things that Laura said. You know, if it's just getting the blood flowing to the to the nerve, gliding the nerve, sliding the nerve, um, looking at the mobility of your wrist and hand, you know, even though you don't have carpal tunnel, how is that mobility there? How is your, um, you know, your strength? Uh, you said that you were given some stuff to, to work on. Are you doing it? Cause I'm going to be the first person to say, I am not a great patient. <laughs> I'm only a patient when it hurts or when it bothers yeah. me. So I'm actually glad that your body is giving you some communicating. Feedback. That's yeah. going to remind you to do it. Otherwise we all go back into our habits. Um, it's when we have pain, it's when we have something that it's our body's way of going, Hey, you, <laughs> Hey, help me out here. So, um, I echo everything that you said there, Lara. I just had a funny story that reminded me, I was like in, it was right after grad school and I was going back to visit some friends from high school. And I'm just remembering cause we were eating and I went back to, cause I have a really big laugh and I, I, I threw my head back and opened my mouth as I was laughing and I, my jaw, um, one side of it, there's a little disc there, it kind of popped and came back. But I remember I was like, oh, that was wild. Well, I overstretched the nerve. And that side of my mouth was numb. It was a small area. It was like I overstretched it and then it just kind of wigged out on me. I, it was numb for like six months. Wow. It's just to your point, like yeah, it, it takes a long time. Like I had overstretched it and then the jaw, like, kind of like, it was weird. It was just a combination of, so don't overextend your head and open your mouth really wide at the same time. It's a really nice way to kind of sublux your jaw. <laughs> this is like a public service announcement. Yeah. I'm like, I'm really, because I do that a lot. I'm like, wait, don't overdo it. But it was a, um, but that's just to give you an idea. And I remember my dad said that. He goes, it can take like, so long. So long. just, I was like, it was just numb. I was just sitting there going like that. It was funny. So yeah. All, All right. right. We got another question. Um, you want to go? Is this the what? tailbone one? Yeah. Or yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can we read it? Yeah. Go right okay. ahead. All right. So hi, Laura and KB. I have a question regarding my fractured tailbone recovery. Uh, and this is from uh, Chris Wong. Yes. Yeah, I've Chris. been talking with her. So yeah. she says, um, I fell backwards when playing roller skating with my children yesterday. Oof, it was a big impact on my tailbone right away. It was awful. The next day I went for x-ray and the x-ray showed the coccyx fracture, but not fully. 
According to the doctor, it will heal by itself in six weeks, and I will need to do another x-ray after six weeks. In the meantime, I am asked to sit on a round cushion and avoid putting impact on the tailbone. I'm a full-time yoga teacher. I can't stop teaching for that long. Any advice for me in terms of any movement to prevent further injury that might, uh, that possibly the whole bone or possibly the whole bone tearing apart or any movement, which is good for recovery. I appreciate your advice and feedback. So first of all, if any, for people who don't know, coccyx tailbone injuries are excruciating for such a relatively small and useless-ish, we'll put it that way, just because it's not a, you know, a true joint anymore. We don't use it like we maybe used to as a tail. Um, it, 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 it is very, very painful to fall on, certainly to fracture, even just to bruise. And so first of all, I will say, Chris, while your doctor is telling you it's going to take six weeks to heal, that doesn't mean the pain is going to be gone in six weeks because, I mean, I know even just from a bruised tailbone, it can take longer so even though the joint, there's no real joint, no real, say we'll call it movement that, that's occurring down here that we would think of, you know, you're not going to cast it to minimize movement. There are several ligamentous attachments to the, the tailbone. And that would be, um, you know, so while they're telling you to sit on, a, on the uh, donut, that's so you're not putting pressure through it. You are still going to feel this with certain expansive movements because of um, ligamentous attachments to the soft tissue attachments, you know, to this area, um, fascial attachments. So as a yoga teacher, you will, it depends, this is, well, here's the thing, you know, are you teaching online where you are doing everything or are you teaching in person where you can be more, I think, uh, you can use better judgment for how much you're actually doing. You might have to really work on your verbal cueing hmm. because, you know, I think, are you going to tear the bone apart, quote unquote, are you going to fracture it further? I highly doubt that. However, you might, if you go into a wide goddess squat or heaven forbid, you know, malasana where you're really getting a lot of pull on those soft tissues, it might give you a jolt of pain, which, you know, pain is, is just information, but it's also, you know, can, when we keep going to, into severe pain, we are limiting the healing process. So we, I would just make your movements a little bit smaller, but continue to move knowing that you're not provided you don't slip and fall on it again you're it's very 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 unlikely that you're going to injure it further you might just again prolong some of the the soft tissue because even though you have a fracture you also have a ton of soft tissue trauma from that fall i'm sure um so you might put a little if you keep pushing into deep lunges which we don't do in lit Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not really as applicable in, in our, in our practice, but in some of the more traditional yoga practices, um, you know, keeping things a bit more contained, I think you'll still be able to teach, uh, you'll still be able to practice. You'll just, um, you know, luckily I, we don't do any of the seated forward fold things that would bother it, at least in our lit practice. So, um, I, I, I would just modify really to movement within a, to say pain-free because you you're you're it's okay to have pain but i talk about a stoplight red light yellow light green light 
You can move anywhere within the green and the yellow lights where it's not making you go, oh, you know, like sea stars, that big intake of breath because it hurts so much. Because usually if that's the indication, if you get to that red light of pain, you are, you're pushing into some of those tissues that are trying to heal and, and you might be impeding that. So I like to kind of go right to that feather edge and then pull away. What else do you have to say about that, Laura? I know that you wrote her pretty much what I, yeah, you pretty much nailed it. I mean, what's funny, again, another personal story. I was with my kids. We were with another family. We're having a great time. And I got T-boned, literally. That was the word. Like I'm ice skating and this kid comes and runs into me, but it kind of snaps my legs up like it you know, whatever. I don't blame him except that I was. And when I I landed, I honestly, I was like, I, it was, it was worse than labor. (laughs) I mean, and I'm just on, cause I landed right on my tailbone. So I did the same thing. I like hobbled off the ice rink and, um, PS, I have not been ice skating since it was like traumatizing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and what I said is I, I said, first of all, I know how painful it is. I'm really sorry. The second thing is I didn't get an x-ray because I knew it didn't really matter. Like I could tell just I palpated myself. It was not displaced. It was just so painful and inflamed. So I also continued teaching and I was fine. I just would explain to people I can't do some stuff. And, and But I continued moving and I uh, what I wrote her is exactly what you just said. I said, keep moving because the bone is going to heal. Regardless, uh, the good rule of thumb is avoid any movement that feels like sharp pain in the first few weeks. And so, yeah, those, it's, it's a good thing to know, though, because it's, it's kind of this, like, again, it's this vestigial leftover. We do have ligaments and uh, fascial connections there, um, but we don't really know unless somebody's got a really big tailbone or, like, with birth, a lot of times the, the, the tailbone can get displaced or pulled on or something they can have some but it's really um it's important that it's not ignored and that you get you get back to to activity because you're you're not going to damage anything more um unless you go into this sharp pain stuff and then like you said healing tissue but uh yeah if you have fallen it it's horrible but it's you know it's you can't cast the tailbone so keep moving (laughs) anyway I know, like, here, come here. I know, oh my gosh, can't even imagine. (laughs) But great question, and Chris is feeling, um, yeah, she's feeling better, so. Um, Anyway, as always, we love your questions. Write us about anything you're experiencing, anything, maybe a family member or friend, anything at all. Personal questions, we're up for them. Um, You can find us on Instagram. I'm Laura.Hyman and KBWilliams99 is where you can find Kristen. Or you can write us an email, which most of our questions came from. Actually, all three of them came today. Support at LitYoga, L-Y-T, yoga.com. Those go to our help desk and get forwarded to us. And we just keep them there for you. And, um, you know, you can give us as much information. Again, the more information you give, a lot of times the better advice we can give, because it just gives us a little bit more of a backstory to go from. And then we will give you our, our opinions, our advice from years of practice. Um, and, uh, both as physical therapists and as yoga teachers, moms, females, uh, just women in the world. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Lovers of life. (laughs) But we love you guys. Thank you so much. As always, it would be awesome if you subscribe. 
rate, review, share with friends. We so appreciate your support and we are always pulling for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.